0: good morning sorry about that it's wonderful to be with you once again thank you after these 50 years of coming here I'm still surprised that at my advanced age that you still inviting me but thank you I really appreciate it I love coming I feel very much at home here after discovering from the pastor that there was no set theme for uh, today I asked the Lord what do you want me to bring he laid on my heart this passage that's just been read to us so beautifully. And that phrase, but God's word is not chained. Written by the Apostle Paul in prison, in chains, but still declaring the unfettered word of God. What a great deal our world owes to prisons. (laughs) Think of John Bunyan spending 12 years in all in the Bedford jail, rather than agreeing to stop preaching the Word. In those days, you had to have a license to preach. And he didn't have a license because he was a Baptist. And, uh, <laughs> but he wouldn't stop preaching. But while he was in prison over all those years, we know, of course, Pilgrim's Progress. I'm sure many of you have read it, even in the distant past, as I have. Perhaps the most wonderful allegory the world has ever seen. Thank God for that Bedford jail <laughs> and John Bunyan lived there. Another great read is uh, the story of um, Pastor Near Mola. Uh, just before the Second World War, he was one of those that dared speak against uh, Hitler. And uh, so he was arrested, of course, as many were. And he was put in the Sachsenhausen prison. And uh, because he'd been a real nuisance to the regime, they put him in solitary confinement. And, uh, but he was in solitary confinement and he heard uh, on his first day, as he woke up, a noise outside the cell. And so he pushed the table to the one window that was up high and put his chair on top of the table and stood on it and looked out and he saw about 15 fellow prisoners being exercised uh, around the yard now he wasn't allowed to join them he was only ever allowed to exercise on his own because being a christian pastor he was such a bad influence but he decided that day that though he couldn't preach he would climb up on that table and on that chair and from that window he would shout out and recite a verse of scripture to those other prisoners Every day he did it. And he said this. I was in solitary confinement, but my cell had a window. And the second morning after I'd been to Sachsenhausen, I heard footsteps outside, then more steps, then a whole party of people. Next morning, and after that every morning, I climbed onto my stool and called out just loud enough for the men to hear a text from the Bible, sometimes from the Old Testament, sometimes from the New in that way, Hitler achieved something he certainly never intended. The Word of God found a voice in the very gates of hell. <laughs> the Apostle Paul wrote uh, from his prison cell and Second Timothy was written to nearing the end of his life. He wrote this, This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's Word is not chained. He can look down on the manacles on his wrist, peer into the dark recesses of his prison dungeon, and with a great sense of freedom, he can declare the Word of God is not chained. You can no more chain the Word of God than you can lasso the lightning or tether the tides of the ocean. But how can we apply this? God has laid on my heart to encourage you today. And first of all, there is in this sentence an encouragement to preach the word. Not just preachers, but every Christian. History provides countless examples of people whose liberty has been taken away, who've been bound, but the binding of the preacher has never succeeded in binding the message so that physical limitations have never prevented the advance of the truth of the gospel. But is that the only kind of limitation, being locked in a cell? no what preacher christian worker sunday school teacher has not been acutely aware of their limitations yet god aims to use us. you know some of you will remember that's been coming here for some time uh, the late john evans remember john evans he was a teacher he he was a member of the plasneweth church but when that closed he he came here John Evans had a profound influence on my life, you know. Because uh, I had a speech impediment for the first seven years of my life. Only my mother could understand me. Thank God for speech therapy, I say. And uh, it it meant I was a a slow beginner in my education. And I went to Rose Park Secondary School. And uh, great school now, of course. Cardiff High School. But in those days, it wasn't up to much. But uh, I went there. Left school without any qualifications. They didn't even put you for, in for exams in those days, 1958. But I went, I studied work as a telegram boy. And John Evans, that Christian from this church, was the teacher at the, they called it a day release continuation class. And he saw something in me. And he said to me, John, I know you feel you're very limited in your ability educationally, but I sense that if you give yourself to studying with me over the next three years, you can leave here, you know, with some GCSEs, O-levels. And I did. Every week I went there and he just bred inspiration into me causing me to have a positive self-image, where before I had a negative self-image. Thank God for Christian witness like that. But I had a poor educational beginning. But I left there with five uh, GCSEs, as they say today. And that led, of course, to me going on to studying further, and ultimately to the university. My early limitations were released... By a Christian man who could see something in me. Could see potential. Maybe I'm speaking to someone here today that feels limited in some way or another. Limited perhaps as a a Christian. But here is a glorious fact which makes us declare the whole counsel of God. The fact that the everlasting word of which we speak does not depend upon our effect. uh, Does not depend upon our effectiveness or our eloquence. A need a person may speak with the tongues of an angel and be no more than a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal, said Paul. But thank God his word is not bound by our limitations. And the word of God is not limited to just those that preach from the pulpit. Every Christian, you and I, are to be heralds of the the good news. Referring to John Bunyan again in Pilgrim's Progress. Remember, when he became a, a real Christian, he came through the wicked gate. The first thing he did was to visit the interpreter's house. And in the interpreter's house, he saw a picture of a preacher. John Bunyan was having it impressed upon him that though there were limitations, he was to share the good news. Some of you will know the name of Dr. G. Campbell Morgan, the predecessor of uh, the great uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones at the Westminster Chapel. G. Campbell Morgan, my favorite commentator even today, though he's long long gone was once visited by an eminent preacher who came to preach at uh, Westminster Chapel and the evening before he stayed with the doctor and his family. And after dinner, they were sat around the living room. And the visiting preacher said to Dr. Campbell and his three sons, all of whom were preachers, and his wife, they were all there. He said to the doctor, which uh, uh, of these then is the best preacher? And looking at his three sons, he pointed to his wife, who never preached from the pulpit, and said, she is, (laughs) because she lives it. And her life is a sermon. Thank God for Mrs. Campbell Morgan and the witness that she was. The Word of God is not bound by our limitations or who we are or what we are. In spite of our limitations, We are called to make known the good news of Jesus Christ. By every means, seek to overcome your limitations. But remember, the Word of God is not bound by any of our limitations. Hallelujah. But if in this verse we find an encouragement to preach, we also find an encouragement to pray. Another wonderful thing about the Word of God is that it's Not bound by the time of its utterance. I mean, how many of us still read the Scriptures and and find it speaking to our heart every day? In the Psalms this week, I felt a a particular Psalm had been written for me. And what I was experiencing that day. The Word of God still lives. And it speaks to us today. What person haunted by... The sense of sin can read the tender compassion with which Jesus dealt with Zacchaeus up his tree or that woman caught in adultery when all of the accusers were pressing for Jesus to condemn her. He speaks tenderly to her and authoritatively to the accusers. Surely, we have an encouragement here to pray. It's not enough to preach the unfettered word, to share the good news. We must pray that those to whom it comes will find its appeal and challenge inescapable. The word which is not chained in time can go on speaking. God can bring the message of His word to the remembrance of those who hear the truth, but make no immediate response to it. So often... Our emphasis in preparing for a Sunday or preparing for a a special outreach or mission is that we call people to pray. But how often when the service is over, the praying stops. And yet the need is to go on praying that the Word, the seed that has been sown will still bear fruit. I can think of uh, an occasion at Tabernacle when... uh, Someone had brought their boyfriend, a non-Christian boyfriend to church on a Sunday evening. And he went storming out of the service, slamming the door as it was in those days behind him. But the next Sunday, he was back. And he asked if he could speak to me. He said, you're not a very nice man. I said, why? He said, because you obviously knew something about me And you were pointing your finger at me. Notice I'm not pointing at you. (laughs) And you spoke right into my heart. It made me so angry. But as I reflected this week, actually, I came to realize, with the help of my girlfriend, that God was speaking the truth into my life. See, so I'm only preaching for 20 minutes this morning. But the word that I'm sharing will live on. In your heart, and I'm gonna carry on praying throughout the rest of the day that this work will bear fruit in someone's life that's here today. Have you got the idea? The word of God is not bound to a particular time, so keep on praying that the word will bear fruit. Has the Bible anything to say to our day, to our circumstances, to our problems? This is the miracle of God's Word. It's not bound to the day in which it was written. It still speaks. I don't know about you, but it still speaks to me. It's still my guidepost. The means of discovering more about Jesus. Think of all the sermons preached, all the expositions offered, all the commentaries written. And remember that the Word is as fresh and as fertile as the day of its first declaration. The Word of God is not bound to any age, any individual, any situation. And therefore, we have an encouragement to preach it and to pray into it. And finally, but don't get too ready to move. It's an encouragement to persevere. This is a word for today. I don't know about you, But COVID has taken its toll on the Church of Jesus Christ. I was in Tesco's this week, go there once a fortnight (laughs) uh, with Trish, and uh, I met a lady, a long standing member of the church, my age, and uh, a good disciple, I know. And I said to her, Are you back in church yet? No, she said, I, "I'm afraid when COVID came, I stopped going, and I've now got out of the habit. I wonder how many, maybe listening to this online, are not here sure because you've got out of the habit. It's the call to come home, to come back. Let's not give up." On God, let's not give up on His Word, let's not give up on praying. We need to. The Word of God is not chained or bound, the Authorized Version said. Had Bunyan or Near or anyone else persecuted for their faith given up because of tough times, just imagine what the world would have missed. It's because they were convinced that nothing can change the Word of God that they persisted in making Christ known by whatever method was open to them. They were people that would never give up. And God is calling for disciples today that will show resilience. The grace to persevere although times are tough. Like Peter and John. John before the Sanhedrin, when they refused to yield to the pressures brought against them. Whether it be right, they said, in the sight of God, to hearken unto you more than to God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They persisted in proclaiming God's word, not only because, as Jeremiah said, it was like a fire in my bones, but because they knew it was not limited to the day in which they declared it. They persisted in spite of all of their problems and persecutions because they were convinced that the Word of God they were committed to was not limited. I've met too many over the past year that have felt like giving up. Giving up on church first. I tell you what, if you give up on church, it's not long before you give up on reading the Word, you give up on praying. You give up in believing ultimately. Remember this. We have an adversary. Who goes about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. The devil is out to get us. And I believe he's been using COVID. And all attached to it. To dishearten people today. But God's word is not barren. God's word still speaks. I believe it might be speaking to someone. Here today. Not necessarily just today, Believing what I've just said about it not being limited to this time, it'll go on speaking to those that need to hear it. The promises of God's Word seem so distant to some, yet God did speak once. And as that lady said to me in Tesco's, it seemed so long ago that I felt Jesus close to me. Does God have a word for you today? Yes. The word of God is not chained. So get back into the word. Read it every day. If you're up, attend the Bible uh, study in the mornings, every morning. Come back to the evening when you're going to be doing Bible study again. Come every Sunday morning. Go to the prayer meeting. Use every opportunity to get into the Word and let the Word get into you. This is a call for resilience, a call for perseverance. As God's grace perseveres with us, so may we persevere with Him. Let me remind you that Jesus, having loved us to the end, He went all the way to Calvary. I can't preach on any part of the Bible, without coming to the cross. Having loved us, He loved us to the cross. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good. That we might go at last to heaven, saved by His precious blood. And if perhaps at any time you've been made to feel guilty, that wasn't my aim this morning, if you feel that you've been drifting, come back to Calvary. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is our supreme confidence. We take our stand uncompromisingly and unashamedly on the Word of God. This holy Word, I believe, is the answer to to the dark demonic forces by which people are being oppressed today. This is the saving word that we can take with confidence to every corner of the globe, knowing that as we go, he comes with us. Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. This word alone can lift the fallen, redeem the lost and bring light to all who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. We are going to sing, and the band are going to come back, and we are going to be singing Shine, Jesus, Shine.